Alexandria, and this week I'm obviously going to recap Insecure HBO, but I actually am going to use this podcast time to talk about something that has really been bothering me a lot. And it doesn't make sense as to why it would bother me because I'm not involved in it. But before I get into that, I hope that you all are having a good week. Um, I have no set schedule right now. Isn't that weird? I used to have a Sunday schedule. And then what happened is that my academic semester, for those of you who don't know, I'm doing a master's degree, which I'm almost done. We're done April 2022. Clap for me. I'm going to do a graduation episode. I should totally do that. If you liked my Halloween episode, I'm totally going to do a grad episode. So I'm trying to finish that. My job is super hectic, super intense. I work full-time, and then I work part-time, and then I'm in school, and I'm trying to have a booming social life, as you heard on the Halloween episode. So, yeah, guys, it's been a a lot here. But I've been really... Oh, before I get into that, my university crush, I just want everyone to know, my university crush responded to my tweet today and we're talking about the validity of university and whether we need to even be in university and um, I'm enjoying engaging in this conversation with him. Um, I've had a crush on him for years. He doesn't know. He followed me back on Twitter and I literally died. Um, Yeah, so that's basically all that's been going on that's positive. Otherwise, I've been in a really bad mood and a funk. And I'm going to get into it right now. We need to talk about Astro World. Maybe not we need to talk about Astro World, but I need to talk about Astro World. And the absolute reason I feel like I need to talk about Astro World is this. It has really been impacting my mental health for no reason. Like, I was not there. I am not famous. I am not Travis Scott. Like, why is this astral world tragedy bothering me so much like I can't focus because I'm thinking about every single aspect of astral world the first thing that came to my mind was like Alexandria you always wanted to be a lawyer maybe this is a sign that law is for you and I've been having a lot of moments lately where I feel like you know what you wanted to be a lawyer your whole life. Maybe this is like a sign that you need to go back to law school and do this. And I think I'd make a fantastic lawyer. I really do. But why am I hyping myself in this episode? You know, moving on from me. But I think that I have empathy for everyone in this situation to some degree. First, I want to say is that I'm kind of claustrophobic. If you guys didn't know that about me. And looking at large crowds like that really gives me anxiety. It always has, whether it's this Travis Scott concert, whether it's Veld. I went to Veld one year, by the way, and just to see Cardi B because I got in for free. 
And I did not break the barriers. Like, the astral world is handies. And I did not break barriers. I just want to let you know I got free tickets from work. Okay? I am legal. Legit. But I think about my claustrophobia. And then I think about being in that crowd and not being able to breathe. And I think about my asthma. Actually, I'm having asthma issues right now as I record this podcast. And I think about all of those things. And I just feel so sad for the audience in so many ways. But then I also think about myself as a performer. And obviously, I have never talked about this in the podcast. But for many years, I sang chorally. And I would sing in front of large crowds. And I got the opportunity to sing in New York City at a large venue. And I can say, while I didn't have 50,000 in attendance, once those lights hit you, I can't see past a certain point. And you put blockers in your ears. And when you have the blockers in your ears, you really can't hear the audience clearly. And if you have backup music, if you have a backup choir, or I was saying chorally, operatically, by the way, like opera music, but still... While I'm not a trap or rap artist, I'm singing opera music. I can't hear this crowd. And so I'm thinking about Travis on the stage and I'm thinking, what is his reach? Like, what can he actually see? Because I knew what I could actually see and it wasn't that far. And then I'm thinking about what can he actually hear? And I know I couldn't hear that far. So I can say without a doubt, Travis did not hear Stop the Show. I am 100% confident he didn't hear that. Because when celebrities have venues that big, you have blockers in your ears. And sometimes the blockers are repeating the song that you're singing to you so you don't forget lyrics. Fun fact. So I really don't believe he heard it. And because of how far back it was, I don't think he heard it. I also don't think he saw the mosh pits going on so far back. I think he could see what was around him. I think he definitely saw the ambulance truck. I'm going to say right here, I think he should have stopped the concert for longer and inquired about what was going on with the ambulance truck. But the next component to this that I'm going to talk about that's really been disturbing me is not just the deaths because there have been other festivals that have caused deaths. But it's the way that we as a society use social media as a vehicle to bring down people. And I know maybe people listening to this podcast may not understand what I'm saying and may think like, cancel Alex, cancel her. If you want to cancel me, that's fine. I'm a little podcast, guys. I'm not even like a 10,000 listener podcast I'm a little podcast with my 30-something dedicated listeners. Some episodes get more listens than others. And some episodes don't. But I do this because I enjoy it and some of you enjoy it. And if I get feedback from one person, I'm glad. But what I'm going to say is this. I think you have to be a little bit narcissistic to be in the entertainment industry. Whether you're a Kardashian, whether you're a Jenner whether you're Drake, whether you're Travis Scott, whether you're me. Oh my God, what makes you me think you want to listen to my voice? <laughs> That's not the point. And I think 
Obviously, Travis has been arrested and charged for inciting riots over the years. We're not defending his actions of the past. We're looking specifically at that night, and obviously his actions of the past are going to feed into what took place on at the Astro World event. But I want you guys to take a moment and, and close your eyes, and I know we're distraught about the lives lost, and nobody is diminishing the lives lost. I'm not talking about that. I want you to take a minute and realize in this factor, Travis Scott is the product. He has the biggest following, the biggest influence, but he's the product. And we're going to blame the product. We are definitely going to blame the product. And I, I don't think we should not blame the product. I believe that his constant focus on raging and his constant focus on being in that environment and hurting yourself at his concerts, and we can see this through social media, I believe that those have had a significant impact and play on what we saw at Astroworld to an extent. But then we also need to look at the organization that hosted the concert more so. And further than that, as somebody who's done a master's degree in public safety, so I'm going to give a professional opinion now. For my master's education. Can I do that? Does this tie into the conversation I was having with my crush earlier? I'm going to talk about my master's degree. Ow. Anyway, let's talk about my master's in public safety. From my professional opinion as a public safety practitioner and my professional opinion as an operatic performer, what I need to know, number one, is did Travis Scott get a warning that people were dying? If he did not get a warning, he cannot be criminally liable in this case. I want you to know that right now. Where he can be liable is for inciting violence through his music lyrics. Where he can be indictable is through um, inciting violence through his Instagram posts, through things he said in the past, through his previous charges. But that's not jail time. That's lawsuit money. That's you getting your money, honey, okay? Um, I want to make it very clear. Anybody can come on any platform and say anything they want but you have the choice to act. And it's depending on the court's determination of how much of a choice you had to act that will give you the final result, okay? Now, in my professional public safety opinion, we need to look at the set design, we need to look at the, um, the audience design, the way the barricades were designed. The first thing I'm gonna say as a public safety practitioner is that you did not have any middle aisleway for any emergency vehicle to navigate through the crowd. And right then and there, I hold the venue liable and I hold whoever did the design for the audience area liable, right immediately. Whether that's Live Nation, whether that's Energy Park, I don't care who it is, they're kind of liable. But before you go and say, Travis Scott should die, I also wanna bring to your attention, he's a little bit on the autistic spectrum, fun fact, just, just if you did not know. And that's not for me asking you to give empathy because some of the Instagram posts I've seen are very horrific. They're very, why would you post that? Also, honey, you're dating Kylie Jenner. Chris Jenner, Chris Jenner, why did you not stop that? I'm very confused. Chris, we need to get on it. Snap, snap. But what I'm definitely going to say is that I want you to understand, yes, he has the biggest following. 
Yes, he is the producer of Astroworld. Yes, this was his conception. Yes, he will never be insured again, really, because his insurance can be so fucking high right now because eight people died, 300 people got injured at his concert. What insurance company is going to insure him? But I want you to understand this is not even a case of cancellation. Travis Scott is the product. His product is raging. He encourages raging at a high degree. But we also have mens rea and actus rea. And this is like a legal term. Guys, I'm a lawyer. <laughs> no, I'm not a lawyer. I just want to be. I want to be a lawyer. We have actus rea and we have mens rea. And with actus rea, we have the right to act. Like, why did we act? Mens rea is do we have the mental capacity to justify the act? And from what I can see here, unless you're under the age of 18, and then I'm going to talk to the parents, I'm going to blame parents. We all have the mens rea and the actus rea to act. We do not need to do something because we're told to do it. We make the choice. At the end of the day, though, nobody made the choice to be in a crowd crush. Absolutely no one. But there's no language that shows that Travis Scott told you to push forward. It's just his presence as a human being and what he stands for that made you feel the need to push forward and get closer to the stage. And it's an unfortunate and it's a sad situation. And my condolences go out to all the families, all the lives. Guys, I want you all to get your money. Like, if you are there, do whatever you got to do. Follow any lawsuit you want to file. I am here for you. I am team lawsuit. And I'm so sad I didn't get my law license earlier to be on the lawyer side of this. But I want you to understand that writing that Travis Scott is trash, he should die, all these things, isn't going to make you feel better. And I'm kind of tired of people sending death threats to other people. And reading the comments on his posts have been depressing me a lot. Reading what happened at World has been depressing me as someone with anxiety, as somebody with claustrophobia. It's depressing me, but also reading what you guys have to say is... It's horrifying and depressing at the same point in time. Maybe I'm wrong to say that, but all around me being in a completely different country, it's depressing. The last thing I want to say is this. Let's talk to the demonic, satanic people who believe this is a sacrifice. I'm so fucking tired of you bitches. I said what I said. and I'm not going to edit it out. I said what I fucking said. You're taking away from the magnitude of what really took place. People died. People, good people died. Young people died with lives ahead of them. And I saw this one demonic sacrificial pose and it was like eight flames came up when he came out and those are the eight lives he sacrificed. No, honey, fuck you. I know that you were there and I know you felt the vibe was eerie. I've been listening to Travis Scott since 2014, I believe. That's his entire vibe. And if you didn't know that, why the fuck were you there? Um, again, not defending Travis. I'm just trying to get down to the demonic theories that we're on. These satanic theories, these QAnon theories. Let's talk about this for a minute because they make no fucking sense to me at this point. I know I'm swearing a lot in this podcast. And I don't usually, but we're going to discuss this a bit. Eight lives, inverted cross. I have been to so many concerts where this stage is a T. It's called a T shaped stage it's not an inverted cross the astral world concept wasn't after the demonic eating children or eating whatever you call it face 
Astro World actually used to be a legitimate amusement park in the 1960s, 70s, or 80s. I don't can't remember right now. Don't quote me. And Travis had this entire kind of idea about making Astro World a thing. Okay. And he kind of derived the name, derived the concept, derived the look from that action park that was back in the day. He also added these more eerie, utopia, dystopia kind of vibes, looks to it. And the music, I do agree that wave frequencies can kind of impact the brain. I don't know if the wave frequencies were totally to blame for this. I guess they'll look into that. I'm looking forward to reading this case. But guys, shut the fuck up with the demonic, satanic shit. I really don't believe Travis Scott was there thinking, I'm going to sacrifice the devil. I'm going to have eight people killed tonight. Nobody wants to go to a concert and fucking die. I don't think Travis wanted anyone to go to his concert and die. And I don't think Travis is as horrible as a person as we all think to not stop a concert if people die. Now, that's my piece on the astral world stuff. I'm truly sad for everyone involved. I'm sad for the people who died. I'm sad for the families. To an extent, I'm really sad for Travis Scott. Not because of the losses of money, but because of how traumatic it is to know that you were there performing, having the time of your life while your audience base, the people that you love the most, the people that love you the most are dying. And it's all because of you. Guys, that's traumatic. Think about it this way. If you had a friend and you ignored them when they were getting ready to die and you just, you know, ignored them when they died, you feel horrible. Think about it that way. I, I want, I want everyone to have empathy all around. And I want you to understand, Travis Scott is not a perfect person. And from what I've read, he may not even be a good person. But saying what you're saying and writing down things, is, is it the way to go? Is it the way that we should be as people in this world? Is it the way that we should coexist in space? I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong about a lot. I'm not a perfect person. I know that if people that love me didn't give me grace at times that I needed it, I may not be where I am today. And I felt consequences. I've lost a lot. But I, what I'm trying to say is that at what point do we decide to extend grace to other people before we bring them down to nothing? But hunties, if you were there, get your money. File your lawsuits. File your class action lawsuits. Let me know how they go. I'm curious. That's what I have to say about Astro Worlds. I may follow up about it. That's my conclusion. Hope you enjoyed my 20 minutes about Astro Worlds. Let's talk about HBO and Secure. That's what you're here for. Hopefully. Hopefully. Is that what you're here for? Okay. This episode was amazing. This episode was a masterpiece. I'm going to tell you why. I think that we have so many few depictions about what single motherhood is like. About what motherhood is like in general. And I loved the fact that Issa kind of gave this to us. You know what I mean? A fantastic episode. So we start the episode. We see Lawrence and Issa's breakup. And it kind of goes back to the end of episode one. And then we see Lawrence in San Francisco. And I believe he's negotiating some kind of deal. I forget what the deal's about. The deal goes through. He goes home to his beautiful apartment in San Francisco. Goes on a date with this girl. Tells the girl that he, he thinks he's having a baby because Condola texts him to tell her that she's having a baby. And he has to leave, gives her money to pay, and he flies to L.A. to see his new son. 
Elijah Mustafa, who he had no interest in, you know, naming. Um, this is the first episode I had a lot of empathy for Condola. I think a lot of people give her hate, condola, condolences, canola oil, whatever you call her. I think a lot of people give her hate. And for me, the reason why this was the first episode where I definitely had a lot of empathy for condola is because I grew up in a single parent home. And I understood what she was going through. The reason why my last name's hyphenated, fun facts, because my mom and dad got in a fucking argument after she finished giving birth, my mom was like, fuck you, she gave me my last name too. And it ruined my life. Now everyone thinks I'm a missus all the time. Missus, missus, missus. I'm not a fucking mistri- mistress. Whew, whew. I'm not a mistress, but I'm also not a missus. You know what I mean? I'm not a mistress. I'm not a missus. I'm not missus, but everybody thinks I'm a missus. At work, they think I'm a missus. At the bank, they think I'm, I'm a missus. All because I'm 26 and hyphenated. Okay. So long of the short of it, um, back to this episode, not me. I completely understand why Condola just sent him a text. He hadn't been around her for the entire pregnancy, hadn't really spent time with her. But you know what? The episode didn't really say, so we can't... I want to assume Lawrence was focused on his career in San Francisco and was not thinking about Condola in LA at all and her pregnancy. So, and I'm going to say this as well. I think as women... You know, when shit happens like this where we get pregnant. That's why I'm so abstinent. I avoid men like the plague. If you get pregnant and you don't have that partnership and you don't have that bond with that man, it's very hard for you to seek support from him. I I really believe that's a thing. And even when you do have the bond, sometimes it's hard to seek support. So I understand why she had her mom and her sister there kind of supporting her. Lauren's coming at that moment when she gave birth to see his son. I, I, That was the positive move, the good move. And we can see that he's committed and dedicated to being the best father he can be. But as we time jump, I want everyone to understand. When you have a child, presence is more important than money, than anything. And Lawrence being in San Francisco and Condola being in LA just makes it a really hard dynamic, makes it a really hard situation, makes it hard for Lawrence to parent effectively and renders him kind of not a useless parent, but renders him a parent that's not really present. But Condola's exaggerating shit and we already know that and I just want to let you all know that she's exaggerating shit, okay? So like moving on, moving on to the rest of my episode, my podcast episode. So um, then they take the baby to a christening. I believe it's some sort of christening. I'm not too sure about what we saw. Not too sure. And then Lawrence goes back to LA and he tries to fly in every weekend to see Condola and the baby. But one weekend he gets super tired and he's like, eh, I'm not coming. And Condola's like, of course you're not coming, you deadbeat dad. Her sister was really nice to let her go out so that she could stay and the sister stayed back, you know, because moms need that break as well. But that moment made Lawrence look like a, what do you call it? Not deadbeat dad, but like a part-time dad. It really did. And I think sometimes what happens a lot of the time is that men, I'm not here to bash men, but I am here to bash men. A lot of the time what happens is that women really, when they have kids, they get the grunt of the work, the brunt of the work. And that happens for the entire life of the kid. That's why I always say to women, make sure you 100% want kids because his life is not over, yours is. Was I pessimistic there? Oh, got a pessimistic moment. Anyways, as I was saying, 
Lawrence, then they have a good time jump. You see Condola kind of being the mom she's trying to be. You see Lawrence clapping cheeks. You see Lawrence living his best life in San Francisco. Which is, guys, again, even when you're married, that's what fucking happens. Your husband's living his best fucking life and you're at home with a baby. And you're stressed. You're cooking dinner and cleaning a house. Probably working too. We're modern women here. That's what fucking happens. That was real as fuck. Well, you all to know that. So then after that, they have the baby shower with, what's his name, Derek and Tiffany? Am I right? Derek and Tiffany? They have a baby shower and everything's going well. And Kelly's basically hosting the whole baby shower, guys. Kelly's fucking funny. Kelly is hilarious. I want to insert a clip of what Kelly said because I think what Kelly said was important. So obviously, we know Lawrence was trying to find out what happened with Issa. And he decided that he was going to ask Kelly. It's like, so how's everyone you know doing? And this is Kelly's response, guys. Everyone I associate with is thriving in abundance. Limitless. Guys, everyone I associate with is thriving in abundance. Limitless. My favorite clip from the entire series. That's a masterpiece of a clip. Um, they never need to let Kelly go. Kelly was the best character on the show. I just want to like put that in there. We love Kelly. Then he gets in a fight with Condola because he feeds the baby solids before the time. I'm going to defend Condola here. You're not supposed to do that because some babies have allergic reactions and you don't know. You're also supposed to do baby led weaning around the time when your doctor's office is open. Fun fact, if you didn't know. Why do I know this? Brittany Balin, guys. Brittany Balin. YouTube. Check her out. Um... Then Lawrence basically has this nursery prepared in his San Francisco apartment. Don't know what he needed it for. The baby wasn't coming to San Fran. He wants the baby to spend time with his parents. Ask Condola if he can take the baby for the weekend. Condola agrees. When he gets to the house, the baby's freaking the fuck out. Condola takes the baby back from Lawrence. They have a fight. Essentially, Condola tells Lawrence that she doesn't trust him. Lawrence says some foul things. Condola says some foul things. He leaves. He gets on the plane. The turbulence happens. He thinks he's going to die. He gets home to San Fran, asks Condola what they're going to do because it's not working. Episode ends. Guys, first of all, I want to say this. I am so fucking glad Issa got out of that mess. That would have been a huge mess for Issa if she stayed in that relationship. Let's pray for Issa. Let's be extremely happy that she's not with him anymore. Next thing I want to say is this. Lawrence, honey, Lawrence, if you're not in the same city as your child, it is hard to be a father. You come across as the fun father, not the realistic father. Condola is doing all the work. First of all, I want to say this, like next of all, I should say. Condola actually just finished having a baby in real life. So that's why she looks like she's a real pregnant woman. It is exhausting to raise a child to have a newborn baby. And I think people take it more lightly than they think. They don't think it's going to be as hard as it is. And it's really, really hard. I do believe Condola was trying to paint Lawrence as a deadbeat dad, though, and that's not what he is. He was trying really hard to be present, to do his best, and I think Condola just wasn't willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, and that caused a lot of their issues. But at the end of the day, neither side is right and neither side's wrong. It's just an unfortunate situation, and I don't know where their relationship's going to go. I don't know where things are going to go. But I want to say that I really enjoyed the episode. I think it was a shot of realism. 
I think we can all learn from it. And it reminded me of why this show is one of my favorites. I know I started this episode on a somber tone. Hope you guys enjoyed what I had to say about Astroworld. If it resonated, let me know. Also enjoyed what, you know, this episode as well. I'm just not in the best mindset right now, as I said at the beginning of the episode. But I'll be back next week with a new episode. Or maybe I'll be back on Sunday with an interview. I have an interview that I recorded back in March that I kind of want to release. Or May. Maybe it's time. Who knows? Anyways, you guys have a wonderful week out there. Hope you enjoyed my recap. Oh my god, I didn't say. Give this episode about 5 out of 5 stars. It was perfect masterpiece. Anyway, you guys, talk to you next week. (laughs) Bye.